0: Welcome, you sexy goddess to the sweetest little life. I am your host, Courtney Hansen. I'm an author, yogi, Reiki master, and hypnotherapist specializing in trauma. My passion is to bring you wisdom each week with amazing guests to spark integration of all parts of yourself, to nurture your spirit, stimulate the mind, and love your body just a little bit more with each episode that drops. If you love this podcast and want more amazing resources for spiritual growth and holistic healing, make sure to download our app, The Sweetest Little Life, or head to the website, TheSweetestLittleLife.com. Grab your favorite cup of tea or throw on your yoga pants and head for a walk while we hang out for the next 30 minutes of soul-to-soul connection. Carissa, hello and welcome to The Sweetest Little Life. How are you? Mm, girlfriend I'm doing amazing
1: thank you so much for having me Courtney
0: oh I'm so excited for today it's gonna be a juicy
1: one I can already feel it I like just tuning into the energy before we hopped on the word magic keeps coming up for me so I feel like we're definitely gonna create some magic today
0: I love that so so funny I was driving to work today and um, all these <laughs> I, I just got XM radio and all these songs with the word magic kept popping in up on it. And I was like, okay, well, today's going to be a magical day. I was like so exhausted. And I'm like, we're just going to tap into that.
1: Oh, yes. I'm here for it. And fun little fact. Well, I'll tell you at the end, but there's another, the magic ties in towards the end of the podcast. I'll give you like a little snippet of why the listeners are going to want to stay tuned, but the mat, the word magic very synchronistic and
0: exactly like
1: perfectly divinely timed for this podcast, which is kind of fun.
0: Oh my gosh. I love it. I can't wait to hear it. (laughs) And for the audience, just a heads up: I am getting a salt room put in, and Carissa is right by a train. We have some um, built-in sound effects that are going to just add to it.
1: Yes, yes, we're here for that. We're this is the this is real and raw podcasting at its finest. So I'm all about it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> love it. So I love to kick off the show and just hear who you are and what your story is, and I just. I think stories in themselves say so much. And so what were the steps that got you doing
1: Yeah, yeah. So I'll share a little bit about myself now and then sort of reverse engineer the process. So my name is Carissa Johnson. I do leadership, spiritual leadership development and prosperity mentorship for public figures, industry leaders, you know, some cele- working to some celebrities and just people who have big big influence, lots of power, those who like really want to make an impact on the world. And I use power very mindfully. I think there's like sort of this connotation around power and what it actually means to hold that, which is part of the the work that I do is really helping people embrace their personal power. And I say that because my life didn't always look like it does right now. I live in a beautiful home right on the beach in Southern California. I have the cutest little doggy in the world. And I, I feel like I'm, you know, doing my part to make a make my impact on the world, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't that long ago that I actually like hated my, my body. I was so anxious and depressed and was really spiraling out of control. And so to give you like a little context into my life path and journey is, um, very, very long time ago at the age of six years old, I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression. And so growing up, I had this label attached onto me that forever carried this this weight and this heaviness and felt like was really hard for me to show up in my life because I always felt like, oh, I am anxious or I am depressed and so sort of felt like, creating this self-fulfilling prophecy. And while I definitely dealt with some what felt like anxiety at the time, come to find out later in my later adulthood, I realized that I'm just an empath and I was feeling energy, which was a whole breakthrough in and of itself. I certainly like had an experienced anxiety, but carrying this, this identity really formed my entire young adulthood. And so I got into partying, I got into substances, I got into a lot of trouble growing up because I sort of didn't know how to navigate all these feelings and emotions and energy. And so I was numbing in order to, to deal with them. And so as I got older, I got a lot more curious about, you know, why was I this way? What, what was it about me that I was labeled this and how did I sort of grow up with the same background as somebody else, but end up differently. And so I got really curious about psychology and got really curious about the mind, body and spirit connection. And so um, you know, little by little over time, I was able to like get myself out of trouble by um, a high school teacher that I love and adore him named Mr. Micheletto. And he became my first mentor. And he sort of challenged me to, to think that self and just spoke to me in a way where he wasn't speaking down to me, but more or less just to me. And, um, you know, he really helped me position myself in, in a, in a better way and really supported me in seeing myself differently. And I got into college, became a first generation college student, and then on after became a first generation grad school student and got my master's degree in clinical psychology. And so I got into community mental health for a little bit and started realizing that a lot of the people that were coming to me were having the same issues but everyone was sort of just taking medication as a precursor they were just like oh let's address this medically and while i believe that there is a need for modern medicine i think that we were really missing the mark as um, as a field and as an industry in psychology to really get to the root or what are some of these underlying reasons why i was at 6 years old diagnosed with a mental health issue and so i started using utilizing myself as my own guinea pig and started playing around with i got off of medication i was able to like supplement and use exercise and different healing modalities in order to really heal my anxiety. And so I started just utilizing myself as a Guinea pig and started realizing that there's so much more, there's so many more tools and there's so many more uh, exercises and things that we can do to heal ourselves. And so I, you know, I got out of the field of psychology because I realized that there was like a capped amount of people. I could see a capped amount of income as well as I just wasn't really agreeing with what was being taught. And so I got into coaching at the age of 25 and very quickly realized that as a business owner, you are not only the service provider, but you are also the copywriter and the marketer and the sales <laughs> individual. And so there was a lot of responsibility that frankly at the age of 25, I don't think I was ready for yet. So I went back to corporate America. I got some profound leadership development and skills uh under a supervisor there that I had named Jason. And really realized that I I was always seeking out these leadership opportunities and I was really finding ways to utilize myself as my greatest client. And so I went back to entrepreneurship. A few years later, I quit my corporate job and within 30 days, I was able to replace my corporate salary. I booked three speaking engagements and there was a lot of momentum behind that. So I kind of went into business coaching and was really supporting my the individuals I was working with because I have my clinical psychology background. I was able to support entrepreneurs with mental health and emotional regulation as well as communication and leadership because I had a lot of those positions growing up. And just sort of realizing that entrepreneurs are the people who kind of need the, the coaching the most. And right. so I kind of got, I, I pivoted out of business coaching because I was like, I just, i wanted to reach more people than just helping individuals make money and that's something that i love i love i love wealth i love luxury but i think that for me i was wanting to transform leaders into being better humans and noticing that there's a big ripple effect and the byproduct of that is is usually wealth and is greater impact but sort of just focusing on transforming the individual through, you know, what I call is freedom on all levels. My business is freedom designers, and so I really want to support leaders and entrepreneurs and public figures in creating leader uh, freedom on all levels of themselves, and then noticing the ripple effect, sort of as a byproduct, because they model it or because, you know, through osmosis of energy, they're able to really support uh, other people as well. So it's been sort of a lifelong journey of just really being very curious about my own development my own consciousness my own healing and then now just wanting you know to sort of And suffering in a way where I'm supporting people and seeing that they have the power to change the reality. They have the power to lead themselves through their greatest challenges. And they also just have the power to make a lot of money and help a lot of people. So it's been a beautiful journey, not one without challenges, but I'm so grateful that I get to help the people that I do and waking up every day and feeling incredibly grateful that I, I get to do this work.
0: Oh my gosh, you're amazing. Just you know, I relate to so much, and you know, Mr. Macalento is that his name? My slaughtering. Yes. Yeah. No, you got it. It's so cool hearing your story because when you bring it to a spiritual term, it's like that was the first time that you were seen and heard as an equal, Mm. and I can see that so much because my son at six two is also diagnosed with impulsive disorder and high functioning autism and anxiety and sitting as a mom now being spiritual and on my path looking at it from a third party bird's eye view if you will it's fascinating to me when I let go of the titles and the attachment how much him as a person shifted and changed and his confidence began to grow and it wasn't like this handicap that he was attached to and as adults that we work with I see it all the time too like you get this diagnosis and it's like, Oh, I have BPD or Oh, I am bipolar. And that's like your whole existence. And it's like, no, 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 no. You can use this as a superpower if you learn how to channel it the right way. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. I just want to add, you know, and I know that you're saying this as well, mental health is a, is a real thing, but I think that the, the labeling and the diagnostics, as well as the The treatment protocols are really just missing the mark, in my opinion. I think that Mm -hmm. we utilize we utilize uh, medication as a first resort, and I think it should be a last. And I think that carrying these individuals carrying these labels throughout their whole life—I mean, it feels like it just feels burdensome in a way. And so, I I just really want to take a stand for supporting people and being aware of what it what it means to have like mental health issues as well as what it means to not and I think that so many children nowadays are being diagnosed with mental health issues when it's really a a systematic issue with way that we're raising children as well as how they're learning and what they're learning as well as the food that we're eating as well as what in my experience what was picking up on energy and not knowing how to regulate my nervous system.
0: Yes there's just so many layers of it before you get to that ADHD or that anxiety, like there's so many different things and approaches and modalities to try. And oh gosh, I couldn't agree more. So, mm-hmm. digging in a little deeper and spicing it up, I, I I know we talked about this a little before the podcast. It has been so long since we talked nitty gritty money, which is such an uncomfortable topic for so many. And so I love to keep it spicy and I love for it to be real and raw like we discussed because it's uncomfortable. We grow up in a society that makes money and talking about money uncomfortable and our birthright is freaking abundance and to bring it all in. And I hear all these limiting beliefs around it and, especially with stepping into the entrepreneurship, it can be terrifying. And we run on this low vibration of fear versus running on this expectation that it is just going to flow and come. And so I love that this is kind of your niche and your specialty is Mm -hmm. stepping into that personal power as an entrepreneur, spiritually leading and what that looks like financially. So I would love to just talk about, well, let's just start at the base. How do we break from this lack mindset to knowing that it's going to come? What are those steps for the listeners that are out there going, I'm stuck?
1: Mm. This is one of my favorite topics because I think more and more people are waking up to the reality that they get to claim their wealth. They get to claim their prosperity and it, it does take a certain amount of courage to be willing to look at our relationship with money and I want to give a little context here into why I feel like I'm qualified to talk on this and and sort of what it really means to what I what I identify as prosperity because I think we have this old paradigm of success and wealth where you have to sacrifice you have to work 60 hours a week you have to you know you know for me it was sacrificing my well-being in order to to achieve what I thought was the monetary goals and success of multiple six figures and seven figures and all of that And so what I think we're really stepping into is a paradigm of what I believe is I I identify as prosperity. And I believe prosperity is a consciousness and it's a state that you can hold where you vibrate at a certain frequency that you become magnetic for everything. So it's not just wealth and it's not just success because that feels very one-dimensional. It's prosperity on all levels. I get to experience financial freedom. I get to experience emotional freedom. I get to be a magnet for miracles. I get to have love. So prosperity for me is all-encompassing of of sort of everything and and underneath that, I think why people have a difficult time attracting prosperity or stepping into the state of consciousness is because they feel unsafe. So, you know, What happened for me a a year and a half ago was I had the Range Rover, I had the penthouse apartment, I was making multiple five-figure cash months consistently, I had a sold out private coaching practice, I had all the things on paper that most would identify as being successful. But what happened was I had $100,000 cash in my bank account, and I had never felt more unsafe, which might feel interesting to most people because they think, oh, I I feel unsafe when I have $5 in my bank account. Well, well, sort of what happened to me was I felt unsafe when I was younger because I grew up in a very, uh, in a pretty moderately, um, I wouldn't say poor environment, but my parents were not very well to do. And so I always thought that the more money I had, the more safe I'd feel. And so a lot of people identify. Uh, having rich richness, having wealth as, oh, I will feel safe. And what I can tell you from personal experience is the more money that you have doesn't actually address the underlying sense of safety. And when I looked at my bank account and I had all this money, I had all these things on paper, I had never felt more unsafe. I felt uh, weary that somebody was going to steal it from me. I felt uh, concerned that I was going to spend it poorly, that it was all going to run out. And so what I noticed that the correlation between, okay, I have more money in my cash in my bank account than I've ever had in my entire life, I have all these things, and yet I still feel unsafe. I was dedicated and devoted in that moment to, I really want to understand what's below this so that I can address this. So no matter what's happening in my external reality, no matter how much money I have in my bank account, I can stand firmly in my knowing that I am safe I'm going to be supported. I am loved. I am worthy regardless. That's where personal power comes from. Is it saying that regardless of what's happening in my environment, I know who I am. I know where I'm going and I know that I'm loved and I'm safe and and all of that. So what I did was what most people would probably never (laughs) dream of doing because I like to sort of throw myself in these challenges is I I ended my, my my lease ended at my penthouse apartment. I put all of my stuff in storage. I sublet from a person who I knew who had like a, a very small sort of tiny apartment. I took five months off of work. I was also going through like a really big healing journey. So I like ended all of my contracts with my clients. I didn't launch any other programs. I put a halt at all of it. And I said, okay, I need to stop this because if I keep progressing the way that I'm progressing, which has always been very accelerated for me, I'm going to get the power and the influence that I desire, but I'm never going to feel like it's enough. I'm never going to feel like I'm safe. And so if I don't address this now, I I feel like this is going to be a gaping wound in my energetic field that I'm going to at some point have to address. I might as well do it now. So I pulled back all the curtain. I really core of of the scarcity mentality and realize that so much of it had to do with my nervous system and so much had to do with it from the belief that I am not enough because when we believe that we're not enough we also simultaneously believe that other people aren't enough and that we won't have enough so i think that our relationship with ourselves and the way that we view ourselves is a direct relationship to how we view money I sort of see this play out in the clients that I work with is the way that they see and experience money is also sort of the relationship they have with themselves. And it's also the relationship they have with other people. So how it might show up is if people are always feeling very scarce, they often sort of treat their partners like they're never enough. And they also can be very high achieving individuals who also simultaneously believe that they're never enough. They're never doing enough. And so instead of a relation identifying just like what's happening with money, I think money is just the extension of the relationship that you have with you. And so I never, I don't necessarily teach money in a way of look at like, let's change your relationship with money. I think, look at, let's change the relationship that you have with yourself. And I feel like the relationship with money kind of naturally takes care of itself. And I think that you can sort of, in some respects, isolate it and start to work on it individually, but it always starts with us. And so, you know, some of the steps that I would suggest people to do is sort of sit with, you know, what, what do I believe about me? What do I believe about uh, how I like my, how, where, where I believe my worth comes from, where I believe that I am valued, where I believe that, you know, ultimately what the core, one of the core main fears that people experience is they won't be loved. And I think a lot of people are moving from a sense of scarcity because underneath that is one of the greatest fears that if I'm not rich, if I'm not successful, if I'm not X, Y, Z underneath that is not that you don't have the money. It's that I won't be loved because if I don't have money, I'm going to be living on my parents' couch, which was one of my greatest fears. And if I'm living on my parents' couch, nobody's going to want to date me. And then nobody's going to want to procreate with me. And that, you know, so it's underneath our fear of, of money underneath our fear of scarcity to me, more or less is just a fear of you're not enough and that you won't be loved. And so if you start to uh, practice, Really cultivating a deeper sense of love and trust with yourself, I think the you know the byproduct of that becomes your relationship with money changes. So sort of identifying with what what do you believe about your value? You know, for me, I had to address that very very uh, directly because I wasn't having any external validation from my clients telling me that oh, Carissa, we had such a great call today, and I wasn't making the five figure month. So I had to address where do I outsource my power. Where do I, do I believe that I'm loved and I'm worthy regardless of how much money I'm making? Or do I believe that I'm only loved and I'm only valuable when I'm making a million dollars or what have you? So it's sort of these really gentle self-inquiry questions around where do I, when do I believe that I'm worthy? You know, what do I believe about the way that I love myself? Where do I outsource my power? And getting really honest with these core concepts. And then when you start to address money, you're doing it from a more practical sense and an energetic sense where you have the foundation, the grounding of you, you know your worth, you know who you are. So I would start with healthy inquiry around some of these things and just sort of gently noticing the patterning. And then of course, like we can sort of get into the practical aspects of it. But for me, it, it always starts with the relationship with you. And then through that, you know, these these relationships with all things, it's sort of the mentality of how you... Uh, Do one thing is how you do everything. And I think that's sort of an extreme concept. But I think how you relate to one thing is typically how you relate to other things. So if you show up in a place of scarcity in relationships, or you're constantly critiquing a partner, you you
0: usually uh, sort of have that same relationship with other things in your life. Oh, good. I can agree more. You know, it's funny. I was actually just, um, I was just taking, I signed up for the, like this little webinar thing. Um, cause I love them just the, like, you know, the weekly little inspo you need from other people. But it was with one of my friends, Amber, and I love how she just approaches things from a spiritual leadership point of view. But basically, one of the things that she said that stuck with me was that when you are stepped into spiritual leadership, and when you are living a spiritual life and vibrating at that frequency, abundance is going to follow you, whether that be love, or whether that be friendships, whether that be you know, yeah, um, yeah. finances, whatever that abundance is, it's going to come with you because there's no other choice. When you like, and you knit, na- like you just said it. When you're vibrating at that level, everything else just flows and just comes. But you know, we're in that unsafe, panic, scarcity mindset. Everything else is, it's, of course, it's going to be lacking, and our relationships is going to be lacking, and our motherhood is going to be lacking, and every archetype we play with in our life, there's this lack. And so I, I just love the way you worded that. Mm, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I agree with your friend, Amber.
0: It's... It's sort of this idea
1: that the more that we just work on being better humans, the more that these areas of our life that we desire just sort of kind of take care of themselves. It's for me, when it comes to spiritual leadership, like you just mentioned, it's all a frequency and an energy thing. So the more that you raise your vibration, the more that you operate as if you already are rich and not from a place of like, oh, I need to go spend $30,000 on something because I'm pretending I'm rich, but just more in a state of whatever's happening around me is irrelevant to how I feel. And one of my mentors, Melanie and layer says this, and she said, you know, it's, she identifies it more with wealth and I identify it more with prosperity, but she said, you know, wealth is when you no longer need permission from money to feel good. And I really identify with that as well. When we can remove wealth as the, the driver for us feeling good and safe, and we can just say, I feel good. I feel safe. I feel, Vibrant, I feel magnetic regardless, and we don't seek permission from money. I think that that's when our relationship with money naturally changes.
0: Mm. Yeah. So I love to do a fun little top three. And I know we're coming on time. It goes so quickly. I don't get it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I love to give the audience a top three of. Ways that they can really start either and really just whatever you feel called tapping into that magic right now on sharing. But the top three tips on the way that if they are in that spot of just feeling paralyzed with the lack of safety and the lack of abundance within their lives, ways that they can truly realign. And I, you know, you kind of already nailed one with hitting the halt button because I don't feel that we give ourselves permission to pause enough in life, right? Like we live in this go, 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 go. And when we halt, we feel like we're letting someone down or letting ourselves down or it's like this stagnant energy. And sometimes like the most freaking magic comes from halting,
1: yeah. Okay. So I have some, would be really simple. And I think that simplicity is where the magic actually is. I think that we overcomplicate, mm-hmm. um, in, in all the ways. And so, you know, Tony Robbins says, uh, complication is the enemy of execution. And so I think Ooh. we're going to keep it really simple. And so number one is, is breath. And so if you can, you can regulate your nervous system and access greater senses of safety, which I mentioned sort of translate to the relationship that you have with all things through pausing through our breath. So you can do box breathing, which is for in, for hold, for out, for hold, and that will regulate your nervous system. And I really mentioned just related to money, but it's related you can really come from a calm state. You can vibrate at a higher frequency, and then, like I said, you just sort of can sort of attract money. So, I love to do really deep breathing exercises. I love breath of fire every single day. I do like 30, uh, three rounds of thirty. So it's fast in and out through belly breathing. You can also do um, the the box breathing as well. And I think that would that's going to be the foundation of everything. So. Accessing greater senses of safety will help you reach higher states of consciousness, which can actually help you attract more. So breath and and really pausing in your breath and really being mindful of your breath uh, in every, in sort of like whenever you're on a call or whenever you're getting ready to spend money or whenever you're really ready to receive money, presence and bringing breath to each moment sort of magnifies and amplifies that moment, which is what I would argue is where our personal power is is in the present. So breath sort of grounds you in this moment, helps you regulate your nervous system and can also just help you savor and anchor in the moment. So number one would be breath. Um, number two is one of my favorite things and is something that has radically helped me change my relationship with, my, with safety and money, but is being intentional with how I'm spending money and not from a place of, I can't do this, but whenever I'm making an investment, I will pray over it. So I just made a $30,000 in uh, an investment in my branding. And before I made the investment, I sat on the other side of the screen and before I was going to hit the button to click, I prayed and I put my hand on my heart. And I did some breathing and I prayed, I believe in God. And I just said, like, God, creator source, thank you for this moment where I have the resources to spend this money. I trust no one fully believe that these resources are going to come back to me times 10. I'm fully honoring myself in this moment, knowing that I can trust myself. I can trust the divine. I can trust myself to be supported and just sort of really getting clear on the intention of each purchase versus just like clicking to buying it, like really creating a, a relationship with money. And every time that you're going to spend it, creating a moment with it and, and just and le- letting your body know letting the money know that you are safe to spend it you trust yourself is going to really amplify the investment and I think intentionality is a really important aspect of how we become that much more magnetic so I would say before you're going to spend money I would really just anchor in the moment of saying a prayer over it bringing the intention to it and sort of asking God creator like what you desire with this money so that you're sort of activating that on the cellular level and calling it in. Mm -hmm. And then the third one is something that I do relatively often, which, you know, money, our relationship with money is a relationship and it's just energy. And so what I would suggest is a lot of people have a lot of stories around money a lot of you know challenges around money. I would say write a letter to money and and build a relationship with it. So you know, write a letter saying, you know, dear money, I I'm sorry that in the past I have maybe I've spent you in a way that I wasn't aligned with. I'm I'm wanting to build a relationship with you. I want to forgive myself with you. I I, I want to feel safe around you. Like sort of asking for what you want. Sort of declaring that this is a relationship, a two way street of of one of energy and and really speaking to money and personifying money in a way that is really going to help you elevate it. So breath being intentional and writing a letter to money and, and treating it like a relationship will, will radically transform our, our safety that we feel in our body as well as amplifying our, our sort of wealth capacity.
0: Oh, those are good ones. I love the letter writing. I think that's so powerful when we can actually see it too and start e- amplifying all the senses, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So When, if the audience feels aligned to connect directly with you, where's the best spot that they can connect and find you? Yeah. Yeah. So
1: they can find me on Instagram at Carissa Johnson, Johnson with an
0: E. And,
1: uh, I also have a podcast called freedom designers where we talk all about personal power, Um, you know, tapping into your divine purpose, as well as prosperity consciousness. Those are sort of the three main things that um, people can connect with me on. And then I also have Facebook. So
0: those are the places that I'm mainly, that I'm mainly hanging out right now. Amazing. Okay. And you have to tell me the, to be determined on the magic that you said. (laughs) Yes.
1: Yes. Okay. So it's actually (laughs) so interesting, full circle moment, you know, I was
0: feeling it with this and then you got the, the
1: download and feeling the magic as well. But actually I have, I just decided to relaunch one of my most most highly sought after and sold offers that I've ever launched in the last couple of years which is actually called magic and oh it's God, about stop. tapping into your divine your divine energy and your creative power so that you can create freedom on all on all levels and in all areas so it's really supporting people in becoming magnetic understanding you know the divine laws of energy and how to play with them and how to just attract Uh, opportunities and wealth and relationship and love with more ease. And so this program is highly accelerated. It's 30 days. It's one of my fastest, most accelerated, but most offers yet. And we're getting ready to launch it in the next couple of weeks. So I thought that was a divine synchronicity that I felt magic this morning you did. And then I'm also getting ready to launch this program. So if people feel aligned with this, um, I'll be launching that in the next couple of weeks, probably by the time this comes out.
0: Oh my gosh, I love that! And with the, um, the whole Lionsgate portal, it's opening up. If you, from the twenty sixth of July till the twelfth of August, it's like all divine timing, right? The vibrations are different. Uh, right? the shadow side yeah. of it now, like so much goodness. Oh yeah, for sure. i I just realized that the other day. I
1: also have a magazine coming out on with Goss on 8 8 and they were so excited about it. I was like, oh yeah, magic is so aligned for this time period. The month of August feels overall generally very expansive for everyone. And yes. so they've been wanting to, you know. Amplify their their attraction power understand their creative force and really just create freedom on all levels um, whether they choose to do it in my course or not I just feel like August is a huge month to really tap into th- the energy that's out there and really just amplify you know what you desire to have into being to create
0: absolutely so if you are listening and you've been on the fence about something this is your sign like just do it. <laughs> Yes, jump. You go first, the universe will follow. Yes. And I don't think anyone ever looks back and said, I wish I would have waited.
1: Yeah, I have never, never in my lifetime no. have I ever wished I've waited. i waited. I think that, you know, they've even done studies on people who are on their deathbed. And the thing that they always say is, I wish I would have put myself out there. I wish I would have like just done the thing that I wanted to do. So it's actually the converse is true. Most people actually regret not having taken the risk.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think this is a beautiful time to truly get aligned and clear and focused. And I mean, the energy is so there to push us, you know, in that state of go, because I feel like August just it's just that go time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Ah, Full circle. So thank you one so much for your time today and your expertise and your knowledge and your wisdom and just what you're doing for the collective because you are magical in itself. So thank you.
1: Mm, Thank you so much for having me and for that beautiful reflection. I am fully receiving that. Oh, yay. and I, I feel the same to you as well. I was, I was creeping on your Instagram and I saw you doing a lot of different and cool things. So I, I also appreciate you and the work that you're doing. I think we are all rising together and all of our gifts and our missions and our voices really matter right now. So the way that people are coming together and collaborating and elevating and encouraging and supporting each other is just what's going to, you know, really shift humanity in a very profound way.
0: Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Well, thank you again. And we will be in touch soon, Carissa. Mm, sounds good take care thank you so much for listening to the sweetest little life today I hope you walk away feeling inspired feeling a little bit more lighter a little bit more free than what you were before you hit that play button As always, please, sharing is caring. We love to hear your thoughts. We love to get feedback, um, guest recommendations, all the things. And if you're not subscribed, hit that little subscribe button before you leave today. And until next time, we will be hanging out soon.